0: Okay, today I'm going to talk to Ingrid Fashuren, who is the head of data strategy at Dow Jones. And we want to talk about how Dow Jones uses data and AI. So welcome Ingrid.
1: Thank you very much Bernard, for having me. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, good. So where are you joining us from today?
1: Uh, I'm actually based in Barcelona, Spain.
0: Very good. Sounds very Dutch. The name, though, right?
1: It is absolutely a hundred percent
0: beautiful. Barcelona. What's the weather there there today?
1: Unfortunately, it's grey. So normally you would have seen some rays of sunshine coming in, but uh, yes. not today.
0: Very good. So it's, yeah, we have beautiful sunshine in in London today, which is great. Very
1: nice. It's the opposite yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So maybe you can talk us through your role at, at Dow Jones, what do you do as head of head of data strategy?
1: Yeah, I'm more than happy to. So Data Strategy is the team within Dow Jones that is responsible for all types of content. And we power both a B2C business from Dow Jones, so the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, Market but then we do the same for our B2B businesses as well. So effective risk Risking Compliance, news Newswires. And we do that mainly in, through, in two ways. We use licensed content so that we license from publishers around the world. And then we enhance that content. We normalize it, we process it, uh, we tag it and do all kinds of things with it. So it becomes available to our subscribers and our customers. And then on the other hand, we also create our own content. And that is all data uh, that is in relation with risk and compliance, which is the business that focuses on anti-money laundering, anti-bribery and corruption, sanctions compliance, trade compliance. And that data is proprietary because that's being created by our research team. The research team is close to 500 people. We are based in different locations in APAC, in Europe and in the America's as well.
0: Very good. And how long have you been in that job now?
1: Well, well in this particular job since 2013, but I've been with Dow Jones since, since uh, 1998. And what I think is interesting, if I think back about how I started uh, back in 98, I was hired in order to read news articles, mostly in German and Dutch, but also in Spanish and Portuguese. And the purpose of that was to read the article and then index it accordingly. So if it was an article that talked about mergers and acquisitions, then you had to indicate that there was a specific code for that. You had to indicate the companies that were talked about and everything was being done manually. So we had a large team uh, across different centers in Europe and we were all doing the same thing. Mm. Three years later, that job was completely automated, right? Because there's machines who can read news articles goes way faster than any human can read and what it shows i think is that there's always such a fear of ai taking away people's job i'm still here right so actually it doesn't because it allows you to do other things as opposed to doing things that a machine uh, can do much better than a human can
0: so how, how has your job evolved as a as head of data strategy
1: I think the biggest change is the focus on automation, right? And and really understanding how AI and how machine learning can help us do the job, identify those processes or those tasks where a machine can do a better job. So what I said previously, reading news articles with Infecti, where we process around, which is a news archive and one of the Dow Join's B2B products, Within that news archive, we process around 800,000 news articles a day. There's no way that we could have humans read every single one of those articles and then index them, so a machine is perfectly capable of reading the same amount of information and then classify that information accordingly. So that is one example where you can understand, okay, here's where the machine can do it. And then where actually is it the human that adds value to the process? And that is really when it comes to complex research tasks, for example, that is where a human is adding uh, value. Or even if you think about AI overall, the um, machine is only as good as you train it to be and as the information that you feed into the machine. So having focus on that is really helpful as well. So I think when I started, a lot of it had to do with manual research and that was what we were focusing on. when we were hiring people. That is really what we cared about now. We want a mix. We want people who are really good researchers who can get to the bottom of something that a machine could never get to. But at the same time, we also want people with technical skills because that will help us become more scalable, more efficient in the way that we run our business.
0: Very good. So overall, how important is data within the Dow Jones and how are you using data and AI as an organization so maybe Mm -hmm. we can start with the importance because I guess data has become such an important resource for any organization but I guess especially for financial services and especially for organizations like the Dow Jones, right?
1: Yeah and it's hugely important, right, and there's all types of different data. So what my team focuses on mostly is the data that is being used by financial institutions and they use it in order to comply with anti-money laundering regulation, anti-bribery, anti-corruption regulation, sanctions and the like. So it's extremely important for those financial institutions that they have the right data Hmm. uh, because they might block a transaction based on the data that we provide and you don't want to block a transaction if you should have let it go through or the other way around, which is actually worse, you let a transaction go through thinking that there are no red flags around this person or this company, whereas in fact, they were being placed on a sanctions list and you should have never done business with that individual or with that company because ultimately that results and huge fines from the regulators, and there's so many examples of that across the world, because the enforcement is only getting stronger of those sanction uh, regulations. So what we do is we make sure that we provide the right data it has to be accurate it also has to be timely because if the u.s regulator puts someone on a sanctions list today if it takes me a week to update then in that time frame a company a financial institution can be exposed to doing business with that individual or that company and it has to be uh, relevant so a lot of the things that we also do is defining or deciding what goes into our databases and what we do not include because we want to provide information that is relevant to the financial institutions, we do not necessarily want to overflow them with information that is not relevant to them because it would increase their operational cost hugely. Mm-hmm. So. Timely, accurate, and relevant are really the three things that we want to focus on when we create our data.
0: Very good. And then data obviously feeds AIs, artificial intelligence, and machine learning algorithms. How are you using those today?
1: Yeah, so there's two examples that I think I will talking about. One, going back to how I started my job, right? So within this news archive that we process close to a million news articles a day, the way that we use AI there is to classify all of those news articles. So we classify them by the companies that are mentioned (coughs) in the news. We classify them by topic, by industry, by jurisdiction. And ultimately, what that does is it makes our news much more organized. So if you then want to use it, if, for example, you're an asset manager and you want to use unstructured news or unstructured data really in order to feed one of your models by having all these very clear text, it makes their processes more efficient Mm. and all of that classification of the news that we do is fully automated we have a team of experts that looks at the taxonomy so that looks at the classification scheme, make sure that it's up to date because a topic that might have been relevant 15 years ago is no longer relevant today and the other way around. So how do you make sure that you keep a classification scheme up to date? And at the same time, then make sure that the machine, so the AI that we use understands what this new topic is so that it can correctly classify the news articles that are coming in. And then the second piece where we use AI is really to help us with identifying possible red flags for financial institutions. We use um, many different sources. So we use the Factiva News Archive, but then on top of that, we use close to 500,000 sources in addition to the News Archive. And with that, we want to make sure that, again, A machine can do the work that a researcher can't do so if i have a news article as a machine you can tell me whether this is positive or negative it contains a red flag because it does involve something related to money laundering and here's the people or the companies that have been involved in that and then a researcher does the additional research making sure that actually Is this relevant to the client? Does it fit our definition? How do I need to make sure that it's consistently formatted so we can then send it to our clients?
0: Very good. And you said this before, that your role has evolved, whereas where you started has now been automated, but you're still there. And you also talked about the importance of human oversight and the ability that you have humans that can train AIs appropriately. H- how important do you see this? And and how do you do this in at, at Dow Jones?
1: Yeah, and it's hugely important. And, and we've actually when we talk about it internally, you have AI and you have the human expertise. And that combination together is something that we call authentic intelligence. And both parts are equally important. And when you think about the importance of the human, there's a couple of instances where I think it's really important. Part of it is when you start feeding the machine your material, right? So whether it's unstructured data, structured data, you have to make sure that that data is accurate because if you give the machine incorrect information, clearly what you get out of it is incorrect as well. So we use our uh, specialist researchers to identify those sources. They are, uh, across the team, we cover around 60 languages. They are native speakers from all different countries around the world. And what that gives us is not only the linguistical benefit, but actually a cultural understanding of the country that they are covering they are able to identify what sources are reliable what sources are trustworthy and therefore a good source for ai and for training the machine and what sources we should stay away from so selecting the right sources is extremely important and we've seen examples or startup companies whose technology is hugely impressive. But then when we look at the sources they use, we know we can do a better job by actually feeding it different sources. So therefore, the output is much better as well. So that's one of the the pieces where the human expertise is extremely important. The other piece comes with training the machines, right? So once the machine it starts using the mo- when you start running your model and you get the output from that model you need to make sure that it's it's correct and that is where we use human expertise as well so we have subject matter experts who understand perfectly what money laundering is what is relevant to money laundering and what is not and therefore they can look at the output from the machines and saying okay all of this information is relevant but actually this you can throw away because it's not relevant. And that way we can continuously train the machine. Uh, and then lastly, I think it is really understanding there's still a, there's a lot of things that a machine can do. There's also a lot of things that a machine can't do. and we use the researchers for that piece so what is it that the machine can't do and very often it's really complex investigations complex pieces of researchers where there's just a gut feeling from the researcher it doesn't look right and if that's the feeling they will dig and they normally will find something that proves them right and indeed something was missed by the machine and it wasn't right
0: and uh, yeah this is exactly Feeding into a point that I make with lots of organizations that I work with that actually it is sometimes when you look when people hear about AI and read about AI, there's a fear that they will take all our jobs. And what you're showing here is that actually is a really important is the balance of applying AI for what it is really useful, like reading thousands of news articles a minute. But then you need to have human oversight of all of this, and you need to evolve those algorithms as well. It's not like we're designing them once and then they work forever. So do you have any examples of how you've evolved and and continuously trained algorithms to make sure they, they stay working well and give you the outputs that you need?
1: yeah, I'm trying to think about examples where we've continuously trained. I think the example that I gave previously, so where you constantly feedback, these are the cases of money laundering or corruption or bribery that are relevant, and here are the cases that are not is one example. Another example is contrary to what a lot of other companies are doing in the industry rather than translating the original material into English and then use one model that you can run across all of the different languages that you have translated, we found that we get better results if we stick to the original language and specifically when it comes to the identification of names, right? So if I have a person's name or even a company name, if I stick to the original language, I get a better result back than if I were to use a translated article. And that has meant that we've developed models in a lot of different languages and it has actually helped increasing our understanding of how you can make AI work in those different languages because some languages are at least for us trickier than Mm -hmm. other languages. And then we just continue to look at Our processes and see where else can we use AI and really make this evaluation of is there a possibility? Right, how important is the accuracy of your data? Because if it is hugely important, and if it is hugely important, like in compliance, you can't. You have to err on the side of caution. So that means that maybe in a different environment, you would have been able to use machines more because you have a larger margin of error in compliance you don't have that margin it has to be correct Mm. Uh, so that sometimes holds you back a bit because it has to be correct
0: very good where do you see limits of the current AIs that we have what are the areas where they're not performing as well as you would like any any responses
1: yeah there's a couple of examples that i was thinking about earlier this morning we had a very recent one and it's actually a really simple example so most of the examples are are more complicated but this one is very straightforward and it was a sanctions list regulator that had published an update to their website and that process is being automated and what the um output was was that they had removed more than 60 names from their list which was kind of surprising to the researcher. So the researcher validates the automated update before we do anything with it. Uh, because it was a lot of names to be removed on one day. Hmm. And then when they looked at some of the similar sanctions list, the one that was is issued by the EU, for example, all of those names were still present. So they were like, hmm, <laughs> kind of weird. And what they did, they actually reached out to the regulator and said, we noticed that these names have all been removed for your list can you confirm that this is correct? And we got the answer back the same day, actually, no, it was a technical error. They should have Mm -hmm. never been removed. And the next day they published an update on their website saying due to technical error, these names were removed, shouldn't have been removed. So that's a really good example Where If you just had the machine and you didn't have this human eyes looking at it, we would have processed that as as a deletion, whereas it wasn't a deletion because it was a mistake. Uh, So that is an easy example. Uh, A more complex example, I think, has to do sometimes when people just don't give you the right information. So we were asked to do research on an individual. which we did, and there were really no red flags, which seemed kind of weird considering the jurisdiction that this individual was coming from. And this is what I mentioned earlier, the gut feeling from the researcher was like, hmm, there should have been red flags. Mm -hmm. And then through a whole large process of additional research, they found out who the wife was, then they found out where they lived, then they found out this. It turned out that the individual was not only using the name that had been provided by the client to us, but actually they were using a whole bunch of aliases as well. And then running the research on those aliases, it turned out the individual was involved in fraud in money laundering. So there were Mm -hmm. plenty of red flags, right? That machine, there's no way they would have been able to identify that and make that Mm -hmm. link.
0: Very good. Earlier you talked about authentic intelligence. What do you mean by this exactly? And and do you have any examples of how it makes a difference at Dodge Jones?
1: Yeah, and I think the two examples that I just gave are perfect examples of this. It's where you use AI within combination with human expertise. And this is really understanding what the machine is good at, but still where do you need that human expertise? And that is a perfect combination because you can't can't do it all by humans. You can't do it all by machines. You need the two of them together. And that is what makes authentic intelligence.
0: Very good. I'm always interested in in the skills that we will need in the future I have teenage kids and I am a governor at a school and I I think some of the skills you talked about are actually some of the critical thinking skills are really important where we outsource some of the basic things to machines because they can do them faster and better and with fewer mistakes but then we still need a, a bit of gut instinct you mentioned as well what kind of skills would you think humans that work alongside machines and can create what you call this authentic intelligence what skills would you be looking for
1: yeah, that's an interesting question I have teenage kids as well and what I'm always amazed by is their how digital native they are right they are so far ahead of any of us <laughs> when it comes to that I think the part that continues to be really important is what you mentioned is the critical thinking right because What I sometimes see, at least if I look at my own children, is what they see. How do you make sure that what they see, what they get surfaced in front of them, that they need to understand when to question that, right? Mm. And a lot of that has to do with misinformation. Mm. Really important to understand what is the information I can trust, where does it come from? And then how can I interpret it? And I think that never goes away. Uh, Mm. And it becomes even more important if machines are making decisions for you, right? You have to understand what is true and what isn't true, what is accurate and what isn't accurate. And to me, that is continues to be most important skill. What I also think is you, it, you need the technical skills and almost everybody needs to have a basic technical understanding of what is possible. Because if you don't, then, that's just not where where we are going, (laughs) where society is going. So you need that understanding because being stuck in the past and just focused on all your manual expertise, Mm. that's still required, right? So you should definitely keep that, but you should also acquire the technical skills. Mm. And then the subject matter expertise. So what we found is when we work on different models, we normally have a technical specialist and a subject matter expertise, uh, expertise working together. So the subject matter expert can tell the technical analyst what is required, what is relevant, what isn't relevant. The technical analyst can then develop that and then the subject matter expert can feed back onto that. But having those two skills together is, I think, what is, we continue to need that for the next few years at least.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Looking ahead then, are there anything you are excited about in the field of AI and machine learning and data science that you would like to bring to the Dow Jones? Is there anything that is on the horizon where you think these are the things we would like to put in place in the future to, to create even more authentic intelligence?
1: I think what is interesting is, and especially if you think back five years ago, ten years ago, just the amount of data you can process right ten years ago, we had to have boxes and then we could actually increase our capacity with the cloud. We've removed that, so it becomes much easier storage or is no longer an issue or relatively speaking, so that allows you to process vast amounts of data. And I think that by doing that, you can make the machine smarter because you can actually teach them how to make some of the links that the currently researchers are doing. So that is one thing that I think will continue to evolve. The other thing that I think we can do more with is when it comes to deep learning. So currently there's still a lot of time being spent on training the machine and that I know that other areas are using it much more than we do right But just from our own perspective the more we can use deep learning that will reduce the cycle of model development the better because that means you can develop more models so that is the other thing that I'm excited about
0: yeah I agree Uh, and and I I think for me breaking down some of the 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 skills barriers that at the moment you need highly skilled people training machine learning algorithms what i see on the horizon is much more no code environments where you don't need that expertise to start developing models which should exactly. make it all, yep. yeah super exciting thank you so much ingrid this was super interesting and hopefully we will do this again at some point and catch up with you and what you're doing Hope anyone so
1: too. thank you
0: Perfect. Anyone interested in in more conversation, head to my YouTube channel where you can find plenty of more interviews and videos. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you.